I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. Vladimir Nabokov was one of the great writers of the 20th century. He was also highly opinionated, as you can hear in this clip from a BBC documentary. I loathe such things as jazz. I don't belong to any club or group. I especially loathe vulgar movies. Fake thinkers, puffed-up poets, Freud, Marx, frauds, and sharks. Mm, Doesn't like a lot. A new biography explores how history helped shape Nabokov's life and his strong opinions. Andrea Pitzer is the author of the just-published The Secret History of Vladimir Nabokov. He was born into the last decades of Russian imperial history. So his father had grown up at court under the czar. His grandfather had been the minister of justice under two of the last three czars. And they ended up fleeing after the revolution with literally Bolshevik machine gun fire shooting at the wake of the boat as they pull out. And then they ended up settling in Berlin And Nabokov's father was assassinated almost by accident as part of a political assassination aimed at someone else. And then he married a Jewish woman in Berlin just a few years before Hitler came to power. And so, again, he was a refugee from these sort of political forces that were turning the world around throughout much of his century. Mm. He was in France and he escaped France just weeks before Paris fell to the German army. So he was this sort of Houdini of history escaping again and again. You know, the great thing about your book is that it's not a straightforward biography of Nabokov, but you relate him to history, to other writers, um, sometimes focusing more on those writers than Nabokov himself, Alexander Solzhenitsyn most notably. I mean, you start and end the book with this kind of discussion of the two writers. How did they weave around each other? What's important about those two men in particular? Well, I wanted to juxtapose them because in Solzhenitsyn we have this man who never made any bones about what he was up to. He was trying to chronicle the horrors of his century and what had happened to his country and the tragedy of all this, uh, and sometimes was faulted for his style in doing so, but was always admired for his bravery, whereas Nabokov had almost an opposite perception in the world, someone who focused on anything but all the politics he had lived through, someone who was very much art for art's sake and the linguistic acrobatics and the sort of structural pyrotechnics and was very much about style. And diving into all this history, it seemed to me that he had actually folded it again and again and again, many of the same concerns that Solzhenitsyn had, the camps, uh, the atrocities, uh, the intolerance, uh, into his stories, and it had been missed. So in some ways, the two men, I thought, were much more alike than, than either had sort of ever been given credit for. They both had interesting relationships to their country, what was the Soviet Union, and the United States. Talk about that and where they kind of diverged. I mean, Solzhenitsyn, uh, his relationship with the Soviet Union changed several times. Solzhenitsyn first had been a very ardent admirer of the revolution and a supporter of all things Soviet and wanted to grow up to be a great Soviet writer. Once he was imprisoned in the gulag, he had a view uh, that was very, very different and slowly came to sort of take back everything that he had felt before. And it was very traumatic. Whereas Nabokov loathed the Soviet Union even before it was officially the Soviet Union, never respected the idea that the revolution had been a good thing. His Russia had been destroyed by the time that he had left in 1919. And so he came through Germany to France, to America, and in fact, Uh, adored America and admired America and loved many things about it. At the same time, he was such a keen observer of 
social situations and interactions that he couldn't help seeing some of the hypocrisies that were running rampant in America at the time, the Jim Crow South and the anti-Semitism that also sort of hung around a little more genteely perhaps, uh, certainly, mm. in fact, than it did in Europe, but uh, it was still there. I mean, as you point out, his wife, Vera, was Jewish, and Nabokov experiences suffering of Jews through her experiences. But his focus on the horrors of the Holocaust kind of followed him his entire life. Where did that empathy for the plight of the Jews come from? Well, it certainly came from having it become this personal thing when he married Vera and had a Jewish son himself in Nazi Germany. But it predated that. His father had been very active in standing up for the civil rights of Jews and easing restrictions that had been placed on them under the czars. And in fact, it was his father's activity on the behalf of Russian Jewry that helped secure Nabokov a berth on a ship that had been chartered to evacuate Jewish refugees from France during World War II. It was the memory of what his father had done. So it was really a very long legacy for him. You had numerous adventures on the way to getting this book published. In your introduction to the book, you try to visit Cresty Prison, where Nabokov's father was held under Tsar Nicholas II. Um, describe that scene for us. That was at the very beginning of my St. Petersburg trip, and I was with a guide, and his English was quite good, and we were walking along, and uh, I said I wanted to visit Cresty Prison, and there was a museum there that I wanted to see because Nabokov's father had been there. So he seemed to think that was strange, but we started heading that way, and I realized as we're walking that he's telling me that it's still a prison. It's an operational prison, and most people wouldn't really want to go there. <laughs> it's a prison, mm. and we wandered into this building, and it the interior looked almost as if it had been bombed out, which is entirely possible. It might still be from World War II. But we couldn't find anybody. And we just smelled food cooking. And it was this eerie silence. And we're wandering around. And I kept thinking of this Nabokov short story about a foreign visitor who ends up in life-threatening danger because of a trip to a museum that goes mm. terribly wrong. And then we came out of the building and we turned a slightly different way. And there was a sign for visitors. But we realized that these people standing here were visitors for the prison. It was a really telling moment. This history is still very much a living thing. It's still yeah. a prison. I'm interested to know what critics have been saying to you uh, about this book, because so many people see Nabokov strictly, as you write, to art for art's sake. Leave the backstory out. What do you think about that, and what, what have you heard? It can be tricky, because I think everybody, critics, scholars, general readers, have their own Nabokov. It's like your own personal Jesus. They have their own Nabokov. <laughs> and some have felt that looking this closely at history is somehow to tie these stories down or to strip them of their magic in some way. And I would agree that if you just reduced his works to nothing but a series of chronological illusions, that would definitely be flattening the novels out. But I think to ignore this history that's embedded in the books is really to miss half the story. Andrea, thanks so much. Thank you, Marco.